Meow. Welcome to Trippers Trippin' Season 2, Episode 3. In this episode, we're going to talk about traveling with your pets, specifically your cats. Both Beans and I have little fur baby girls, but only I have flown through the skies with my magical kitty cat. I'm going to talk to you about all the different documents you need, what struggles you might encounter, and what to expect when you're taking your precious kitty cat across borders in the plane. Enjoy, and let's have a good trip. With one foot on the floor, I solemnly swear that I am up to And hello. Spirit. <laughs> Spirit. So, today, tell me about... You flying around with your pussy. I mean, your cat. That's so funny you would phrase it in that way. <laughs> well, <laughs> welcome oh. to season two, everyone. Um, <laughs> it's hot right now. It is hot in Topeka. Um, <laughs> I literally see Spirit fanning herself, trying not to pass out. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm fanning myself. I'm wearing all white. I took a cold shower. I, I tried all the tricks, and yet it's still <laughs> hot. Um, <laughs> Yes. So we wanted to do an episode about traveling with your cats, pets, like generally, but um, cats kind of have it easier than traveling with other pets. Cats are actually like the least regulated pet to me. It seems dogs are super regulated. Um, Really? Yeah. Um, It's because of dog fighting and um, there being like, quote unquote, more violent breeds of dogs and people uh, dogs on the planes and the dogs biting people, but cats on the planes are always just like, I'm hanging out, <laughs> trying not to die, <laughs> not making it less. <laughs> so I actually have never traveled with my cat. So I do have a few questions for you, I guess, about you, because I know that you and baby girl. Yes, you and baby girl travel all over the place. I feel like her nickname was like little something. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. Let's use her um her middle name, Lil Sways. That's what it was, Lil Sways. Lil, 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 not little Lil Sways. Lil Sways. <laughs> Lil, Lil Sways. You know I'm from Baltimore, but I'm not the most Baltimore person ever. Lil Sways. There we Lil go. Sways. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that was her official middle name. <laughs> it's her middle name. <laughs> it is her middle name. It's because we were living in in Mexico in a hostel with two white boys who really loved Patrick Swayze. So when I found her, I gave her her first name. And then I think they gave her, we all three together christened her middle name, Lil Sways, after Patrick uh, Swayze. Hilarious. <laughs> anyway, so let's kind of start from the beginning. So if I want to take my little baby over there who doesn't have an alternative name, but I'll figure out one as we make this episode. If I wanted to take her with me, I guess, like, what would be the steps? I know, like, as a human, you have to go to the site. You have to, like, put your information and confirm who you are. Clearly, you know, cats don't have IDs. You have to, like, register her. Do you have to, like, provide vet records? Like, how does that work? So here's the catch. Pets do have IDs. So, yes. So first of all, it depends on where you want to take your cat. If you want to take your cat between North America, Canada, and Mexico, where I have taken my baby, then you don't need a microchip. Did I need a microchip to go to Canada? No, I did not. You don't need a microchip for North America. But if you want to take them to Europe, you do need to implant a microchip within them, which will have a special number that they will scan if they care. The Germans cared and scanned. The French just, I walked right into Paris and no one, <laughs> no one checked any documents. But yeah, um, in 2017, yeah, or 2018, I had to get 
um, a microchip implanted in her by our vet um, to travel into Europe. And that's like a non-negotiable. It's not like a tracking microchip, but it's like a microchip that has your name and information in it and this special number that is unique to your pet. Wow. Yes. I've already learned a lot. It's a few, few <laughs> Episode <I've> over. <laughs> and well, we're done. Microchip. <laughs> Thanks for coming, everybody. That's <laughs> all you get for free. <laughs> so you got this microchip. How much does it typically cost for, I guess, a pet seat? Like, are they about oh. a carry-on? Are they about oh, like, a person? Okay, so this is super important. So I also, I should have said before, you absolutely need your rabies vaccine anywhere you're going. So Canada was the easiest place I've ever brought a cat into. Um, and I guess that's because they have that kind of special relationship with the United States or whatever. Because it was also incredibly easy for me just as a person to get into Canada with United States passport. Um, but yeah, Canada, all they wanted to do was see a rabies vaccine, but for Mexico and the United States or sorry, Mexico and Europe, I had to get, um, a lot of like very expensive paperwork for going, for coming from Canada to Europe. Most recently I had to get the same paperwork, but it only costs like 20 Canadian dollars. Whereas to go from the United States to Europe and the United States, it costs like $200 for the same paperwork. It's down. Um, but what you asked me was, oh, pet seat. Yeah. Um, so it costs, this is something I had to learn is that different airlines charge different rates. And so you actually need to compare airlines. Once you start traveling with your pet more regularly, you're going to learn. I don't just buy the cheapest flight because I actually have to check to see if this airline even allows me to have my cat, um, come on board with me and sit in the seat in front of me. And I think that's a really important thing because some people who have never traveled with a pet before, they're always like, Oh my God, you put your cat like down in the hole. And I'm like, no, I would never do that. That's like a terrible horror nightmare. She goes, in her carrier under the seat in front of me. That's interesting that the carrier would fit. I guess because my cat has this like huge carrier, but they do have those little like little bags. It's like really like their size. So you yeah, can you, you have to buy a special one that is like between certain kinds of measurements. The carrier mm-hmm. I've been rocking with for the past four years is like an Air France. Like the airline designed its own like pet carrier. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like the exact right dimensions for like all planes generally. And because, uh, I think it was a Delta and Air France and KLM that are all like owned by the same company. When I used to fly Delta, which I don't anymore because Delta is a terrible airline and I don't care that I'm saying this on the podcast because they're terrible. Um, <clears throat> I could just say to them when I had to call ahead and make my reservation for her. Oh, like when they asked, what are the measurements of your carrier? I could just be like, Oh, I have the air France carrier. And they'd be like, Oh, okay. Um, but generally when paying for like the actual seat, quote unquote, or the price from the airline, you can expect to spend between a hundred and 200 United States dollars. Okay. That's not including the cost of the examination that you have to get by your vet beforehand to show mm-hmm. that they're good to travel. Um, and I think getting the microchip, which is obviously just a one-time thing, was also like, on its own, like $200 or some crazy shit. I'm glad you know it's a one-time thing. So that pretty much like that just stays with them. There's like no, you know, your microchip has expired in the year 2032. I actually don't know if it has an expiry date. So thank you for asking that question because that feels important. But I have forgotten she's had a microchip. And I remember one time I was petting her and I felt something in her neck. And I was like, I don't even remember who was with me. And I was like, come over here. Do you feel this in her neck? What is that? Is she sick? And I was like, oh, wait, <laughs> there's a microchip in there. <laughs> Fortunately, uh, 
My little baby Kenz has lost weight, so maybe I can take her on a flight soon. I keep looking over the computer because she's just chilling on the chair. Like They do actually uh, ask the weight of your pet. <laughs> and yeah. When I moved to VA, she was 17 pounds, Ooh. which was like, yeah, they were like, what the fuck? Um, but actually, she's down to like 10, 11 now. And they said that's a healthy weight. Okay, because before she was like a small carry-on bag. (laughs) Yeah, she was pushing diabetes. So we was like, all right, we got to change some things. It's really sad, though, because she wants to be fat. Like, she's like, I didn't ask for less food. (laughs) (laughs) This is the lifestyle I've chosen. (laughs) So, you know, cats are cats. You can't really tell them to be quiet. So, like, how do you handle that? Does she just meow and scream the whole time on the plane? Is she chill? Like, what do you what are you doing there? Well, I disagree because yes, cats are cats, but you can tell them to be quiet. As you know, I have lived an off the chains lifestyle, and Lil Sways has been with me for the past five years. That off the chains lifestyle, so I have had to sneak her into residences where cats were not allowed, and different things have happened where she's needed to be quiet. And because that's my best friend in the whole world, and my daughter, she knows the deal. So there's been times where I've had to carry her into a hotel hidden under my arm, under a blanket, so she just looks like a bag, and she's been totally quiet, totally chill. My baby's just a rebel. That's what you're telling me. Yeah, well, I think Lil Swayze is used to the kind of lifestyle we've been living because she's also like the most vocal cat I've ever known. Like we just talk all the time. But on the plane, she normally gets a couple milligrams of something called gabapentin, which I recommend for our personal experience, which is like, I've heard it described as a little bit of cat Xanax. Okay. And for, yeah, because if you have to like think about for any animal, their hearing is so much better than ours. So the sound of the plane taking off is like fucking terrifying for them. Um, like just the feeling of going into the air. So for little sways, like the gabapentin helps chill her out. For like the transatlantic flight coming from North America to Europe, it normally lasts for like the first five to seven hours of like maybe a 10 hour journey. But once that shit wears off. She's like, let me out of the carrier. So normally mm-hmm. I have to take her to the bathroom so she can like stand up and like stretch at least. But yeah. there are times where she has escaped, where she tries to escape. And there are times where she like starts meowing, where she's like, you need to like, let me out. And sometimes if it's like dark in like a nighttime flight, I will like have her in my lap. But then very soon she's like, let me explore the rest of the plane. And I'm like, no, no, <laughs> no. Quick shout out. Please reference episode five, season one, or a quick story of when little sways broke out. Oh, yeah. I already told that story. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> yes, call back. <laughs> I like that. I like that you mentioned, you know, taking um, her to the bathroom to like let her stretch because it is like I'm under the seat. Like, what do you do? So that's a great idea to be able to like let them get their breathing room and stuff like that. And but I you have to be-, be careful because cats are able to squeeze into any space that is the size of their head. And the first time I ever took her to the bathroom, she was disappearing up this the hole in the back of the sink and I had to pull her by her tail to get her out because there was a gap between the sink and the wall and she was disappearing into the plane sorry to interrupt you but I just had to share that word of warning no I appreciate that's what we're here for we're here to share that news I would be fucked because maybe kids doesn't have a tail oh true (laughs) y'all don't even know beans has a very rare tailless well no your your baby is not tailless she just has like a bear tail like a little she's like a nub like a bobcat, like a little... Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, I, I always said I wanted a bobcat. So, you know, God found an uh, in-between for me. <laughs> <sighs>
<laughs> and my uh, cat thinks that she's a dog, so some people might think she's a corgi. <laughs> I think those were the main things, you know, just getting them on there. How do you keep them calm? How do you even register them? I, the microchip thing, that's where, like where my brain got stuck. Like, wow, we got to like, cats have IDs. Like, wow. Yeah, it's pretty intense. <clears throat> I, I was really, I mean, I did it because I had to, but I was like not happy about it because you know how I feel I about could imagine. technology and the government and putting things inside people's bodies to track them, yeah, but like, it had to be done. It's like they could use your phone to track you or your cat. And like when they scan it, does it say like first name, little Sway's last name? No, <laughs> I don't even think it says little Sway's on any of her official paperwork anymore. Oh, okay, yeah. Oh, okay, no. cool. When it's when they scan it, it's well, this time when they scanned it, it said the number, and they just checked my like this. There's like a specific form you need to fill out for moving animals into the European Union, and they checked to see that the form matched that number. I do want to quickly say that this process is complicated, but the more you do it, the easier it gets, the more you know what you need to do. So generally, it's going to be a process of downloading this form with both little holes and spaces of things that need to be filled out by either you or your vet to come into Germany because it's Germany. They're like, the things can only be filled out in capital letters and it must be in blue ink. If it is not in blue ink, your form will be rejected at the border and you will be returned to your home country. So... Not even given a second chance? Yeah, to no. Fill it out in blue ink. <laughs> no chances. No questions asked. Um, so make sure that you are reading all the instructions on the form based on the country or the region it's from super carefully. Um, then you're going to need to take that form to your vet and you're going to need to make sure you have a vet who is accredited by whatever is like the animal control agency of your country. For the United States, it needs to be a vet who's accredited by the United States Department of Agriculture, which is like a very specific list of vets. And then for Canada, it was like the same, whatever their version of Department of Agriculture is. Um, and then you have to tell them, hey, I need to make an appointment because I'm moving my cat. Or if you're trying to move a dog, good luck with that. <laughs> because I'm trying to move my pet out of the country to this country and make an appointment for this health certification, which is normally what it's called. And then they'll do the certification. They'll fill out the parts they need to fill out. And then you will have had to already make an appointment and make sure you make the appointment ahead of time um, with the actual agency of the country that you're in. Um, I'm, again, I'm speaking from my experience, love moving from United States and Canada to Europe and then Mexico to United States. I actually didn't have to make an appointment with the agency. That process was just kind of very casual. I don't know. They were just like, get a letter from a vet and you're good. Um, but yeah, you're going to have to make an appointment with the agency. They're going to have to like certify it and put on a special embossed stamp. And it is not valid without the special stamp. Um, and yeah, and then normally you're good to go. Yeah. I imagine little Sway's microchip, like when they scan it, it's like a passport and you can see all the stamps of where she's been. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> I do have one other question. You did mention that as you do it, it gets easier. So if this is like my first or second time about to travel with a pet and I know I'm going to bring a pet, 
when should I start the process? Like how far before actually leaving should I start the process? Do these documents, papers, do they take months? Do they take days, weeks? Like what? what it, what's the grace period I should give myself to prepare to bring my child with me? As soon as you know that you're leaving the country, just okay. like you would do for a human child. You wouldn't be like, I'm going to book my flight now. And then, you know, probably my child passport. the day before. Maybe she's coming with me, maybe not. Um, you should take it as seriously or if not more than getting yourself out of the country. Okay. Um, because what the last thing you want is for something to go wrong and to be detained or for them to separate you um, or something to happen where you can't move to your next destination or where you can't um, bring them, which luckily has never happened to me, but I have had some like, Freakouts, but at this point, I feel like my life has just been a never-ending cascade of very high peaks and panics and many crises that I have been able to weather. So um, it's able to, I'm like able to just kind of trust things to work out in the end. Um, in when I just left Canada, um, I needed to have like paperwork from her vet from the United States that said that confirmed that the microchip had been implanted before the last rabies vaccination, which is a very strange legal technicality that doesn't sound that important, but is actually so important that like you will be denied entry if it's like not. Wow. Yeah. <clears throat> and the paperwork I had from her vet in the US did not explicitly state it. And this was two days before the flight. So I was like standing in the government office of the Canadian whatever animal agency. And I was like calling and calling and calling my vet's office in the United States. Like, I need you to write a letter <laughs> right now <laughs> yeah. explicitly stating, and it needs to be signed with the official seal from the head vet in the office. And I need you to send it to the Canadian government's office <laughs> because I need to leave in two days with my pet. So just like a lot of really high stakes, high pressure stuff like that, you want to just be really a well-prepared person and have double copies of everything. Make sure you're checking every tiny detail. And luckily in the end, it all worked out um, with that situation. But yeah, um, because I remember the vet that I had seen in Canada to get her paperwork, it was it was just different for me because it's my first time moving a pet out of Canada. And the vet was like, yeah, you know, uh, everything looks okay. We're pretty sure it's fine. But, you know, we've had people be turned away at the border from in, from Europe before. So I just hope that doesn't happen to you. And I was like, okay. <laughs> Thank you for those inspiring words, Courage. Yes, yeah, passive aggressive Europeans. <laughs> Excellent. I think those covers the main things of traveling. Listeners, if you have any additional questions, you definitely send them in. We'll always follow up with you, no problem. Yeah, if I could add one last thing, I would just make say make sure you always have enough food, um, especially with cats, because cats' stomachs are super sensitive. Um, so you, you may be going to a country where you can't find their exact brand of food, and you want to make sure you have enough food to last you for a few weeks so you can properly transition them. Um, or you want to make sure that you're able to order or get the food that you need or find a similar comparison in the country you're going to, because that is a, a trap I've fallen into many times. So how do you transition them? You like mix the food. So you'll give them some of your food and some of what you get over there. Yeah. So you're supposed to like transition them by doing like first day, you mix in a quarter of the new food. And then, um, after I think like a week, you do like half of the new food. And then the next week it's like three quarters. And then the next, the following week, it's like all new food. This time uh -huh. I did not transition her. I just, <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. You know, the, you know, the routine little sways get over here. <laughs> I just, I try to be the best mother I can be, but this time I was like, okay, I found the closest possible 
like similar food. <clears throat> this is what we have, and luckily she took to it. So yeah, guys, yeah, nice. I don't have as many exciting tips for you guys today. I only have traveled with my cat in a car. For me, it's pretty basic. I put her in a carrier. No dopamine or anything. She just goes in the carrier. Um, if if she doesn't enjoy the carrier, I will try to lure her into it with food, like maybe some wet food. Like, yes, go in. Love the carrier. I actually heard some people will get a cat accustomed to a carrier by putting food in there, and they'll like mm. know it as like a safe space, not so mm-hmm. much like a, a holding place. Yeah. Like, okay, this isn't so terrible. I can eat in here. So that really depends on how difficult she's being. And then I put her in a car. And if I'm by myself, I let her walk around the car. I'll open it. And usually she'll just because like she doesn't like if she, she's closed in. She'll cry for mm-hmm. like the first half of the trip. So I try to just like let her like just roam around. She knows not to like go under the pedals or anything. When we first first started traveling together, she would kind of like curl up like under my legs, but closer to the seat part where you adjust it. She doesn't go like to the brakes, the pedals or anything. There was one time where she hopped on my lap. It looked like she wanted to try, drive. And I was like, baby, can stop. I need you to sit over here, please. <laughs> And yeah, I let her, for me, I let her roam around the car. Again, she thinks she's a dog anyway, so she usually doesn't get in the way. Um, as long as she's not trapped in the cage, she doesn't cry. She doesn't like hate mm. the car. She's just like, okay, cool. She's been in cars since like I got her because I don't live off the chains like Spirit, but I do go everywhere in the world. So she's mm. been with me in Maryland, Pennsylvania, all up and down the East Coast. Yeah, I have to, well, not have to, but like Lil Sways does not fuck with car travel at all. So I'm glad to hear that your baby is way more chill. And the last car trip we did was like a 14 hour ride um, from Maryland to Florida. And I did give her the gabapentin, which helped a lot. Yeah, I think, I don't know, maybe she's more accustomed to planes than cars. But at some point I do want to have a van that like we can live in part time for like camping and trips and stuff. So like I don't have to get a cat sitter. And maybe she'll be more chill if it's more like a homey space. Mm -hmm. Um, This little RV. Yeah, but I will say, like, I think both for the car and for planes to have one of those, like, cat blankets. Like, I mm-hmm. recently bought one, I think, before leaving Canada. And it's, like, those fleece, like, that cats really like, you know, with the super soft material. That has, like, changed the game because she can, like, cover herself in it and, like, you know, okay. hide. And and I, I don't know. I feel like I also had one when we went to Florida. But, yeah, just having something they can snuggle in in the carrier is really important and, like, their favorite toy okay. as well. Um, and there's also these like cat hormones that people keep telling me work really well called feel away. I've never tried them. Um, I think one of her vets used them one time because she really didn't fuck with going to the vet at all. And it was like a spray bottle, but I also know they have plugins for the house and people also use this to like help introduce new cats. Um, I saw it the other day at a store here, which I was surprised about, but it's like Boku expensive for my budget right now. Mm-hmm. But it's like these hormones that make cats more chill. So I guess you don't have to give them pills. Um, and I've heard good things uh, from like other cat parents and also people who needed to like introduce new cats. So a potential option. Interesting. I love that. I um, I actually go look into the blanket because I do think that something in there would be nice. Like you said, to make it feel more like home. So mm-hmm. I really love that idea. Interesting. A hormone to introduce a new cat. I would have to be concerned about, I was concerned about introducing a dog, but I babysat a corgi a couple of times and she seemed pretty cool because it's like this big mass animal that like, even if she wanted to bully, she really can't do anything about. That is the same way Lil Sways is. So Lil Sways, a dog, a small dog, dog her size, Chihuahua, she's going to try to fuck you up. She knows she can take you and she will fight you. But big dogs, she's like, 
hmm. <laughs> I, I know how small I am. <laughs> like, I don't fuck with you, but I'm not going to fuck with it's you. It's like, I don't fuck with you, but I respect you because of your yeah. massive size. And it's yeah. cool because I only want to have big dogs in the future anyways. So There you go. Yeah, I was concerned about a corgi because they're not like big, big, but like mm-hmm. they're bigger than her. So that worked out. Um, excellent. Yes. I think that is all. I think so. I think we got it. Yeah, yeah. Well, one more thing. Yeah. To all the listeners, again, just to clarify, we're cat people. Yes. We are, we are crazy people with cats, not to be confused with crazy cat people. <laughs> and so if you were listening and you're like, but what about Rover? We can maybe find a guest to help you with your, you know, your dog. So if that's something you're interested in. Let us know. Shoot us an email and we can definitely get some information on traveling with dogs for you. But this is, you know, a podcast with our experiences. And so our experience is cats. So, you know, cat life. No regrets. Yeah, I can only tell you guys like secondhand stuff about dogs, which is I can only tell you it's much harder than cats. And there's certain breeds that are not even allowed to fly. Um, So as I said before, good luck with that. (laughs) If y'all want, if y'all enjoyed this episode and you'd like a dog episode, let us know, you know, you know, we'll make it happen. We can try to find someone. Or if you have traveled with a dog before and you would like to be a guest in our show, please email us at trippertrippin at gmail.com and we can talk. Hells yeah. After listening to this episode, are you flying with your cat? Or not. Or not. <laughs> Thank you. This has been our episode three. Love you guys. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Trippers Trippin'. You can check out more episodes on anchor.fm backslash Trippers Trippin'. You can also search our name on Spotify. And if you'd like, you can definitely shoot us an email with any questions or comments at trippertrippin' at gmail.com. And don't forget to contribute to our Patreon, www.patreon.com backslash Trippers Trippin'. See you on the next adventure.